0: This is a special episode of Please Don't Kick Me Out. Given what's going on in the state of the country right now for equality for all and the Black Lives Matter movement, I can't just sit here with my platform not invoking change. So I really hope that you listen to this episode and it helps you activate, become an ally yourself or understand what's going on. Um, This is really important right now. And I can't just sit silent. I have to act. This episode is dedicated to Brianna Taylor, who lost her life to police unjustly while sleeping in her home. It's also dedicated to all Black lives that have been lost due to excessive force and police brutality over the years. 2020 needs to be the year that this discontinues, and I hope my podcast can help invoke change. I feel like I have to put a disclaimer um, at the beginning um, because for some of my listeners, it might be a brand new thing to be become an ally or ask for help or or wonder what's what's next or how they can help. What I'd like to do is to put this at the beginning so that you understand that I'm speaking with a friend, my friend, Atesia. I get very excited and very passionate about it, but in no way, shape, or form do I think that anyone is doing the wrong thing. I just very much encourage everyone to take all of this with a grain of salt or whatever you might need to be doing um, and understand that I'm I'm just very passionate about it. Hey, how's it going? Going well. How are you? Uh, you know, um Not well. That is why we are on this podcast today. So for my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, um, the first ever bonus episode. Um, My friend on the other end is Atesia. Um, She's an activist and uh, an awesome human. uh, And we decided that we needed to, or at least I decided that I needed to not be silent and use my platform for Good and change among the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's going on in America right now. Um, so I reached out to Atesia because I wanted to make sure that I was saying the right things with the right sensitivity. And thanks to her, and I, you know she shouldn't have had to answer any of my questions, but she did, thankfully, I'm now able to educate others. So this whole entire podcast episode is dedicated to Black Lives Matter, the movement that's going on, how you can help. And uh, I'm just going to give you the floor, Aticia. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Of course, thank um, you. F- you can continue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so essentially in you know, the current time with um, civil unrest occurring, I think what a lot of people um, have on their minds is how they can be helpful um, to the situ- situation um, and how they can assist, especially uh, people who are non-Black, uh, they realize and recognize um, what is going on and want to help bring the um, situation to light and be um, useful. So I, I just kind of wanted to give some tips and information on how they can be um, helpful. So. In this day and age with social media there's a lot of things that are floating around essentially on how people can be useful. Um, one of the main things, uh, I mean there's different ways that you can be useful so you know you can assist with um, whether it's financially, politically, physically, um, there's different ways that you can uh, help in this situation. So uh, a major thing that is you know floating around is donating um especially to bail funds uh with different protests going on in a lot of major cities there are people that be that are being arrested some of them you know unlawfully or with no uh, actual reason um and some of them especially if it's in disenfranchised communities do not have the resources for bail and so um you can even see that example or you can see how that could be detrimental to someone um, with uh, a man by the name of Khalif. Um, there was a documentary that was done on Netflix about him, how he sat on Rikers Island because he wasn't able to post bail essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so bail funds are a major thing that people can donate when it comes to financially assisting. Um, there are GoFundMe and other resources to people that have been affected by this, um, specifically George Floyd, his murder is kind of what triggered all of this. Um, of course, it's based on, you know, centuries of racism and uh, white supremacy and whatnot, but his death kind of uh, was the tipping point mm-hmm. that caused all this. So there are GoFundMe for him, his daughter, Gianna Floyd, um, for Breonna Taylor, um, whose birthday is today. Yeah. Uh, there are many different places financially that could benefit from this. Um, Another thing people can do aside from financially helping is politically helping, which is contacting government officials um, by voting and being involved in your community to help get the correct people in office. Um, So, you know, whether that's local elections, elections on a national level, um, it, it can help get the correct people in place so that reforms and changes can be made to how the police treat people. Um, and then, of course, one of the major things that you can do to help physically is by protesting. Um, and I'll kind of uh, go into detail mm-hmm. and delve a bit more into physically protesting and um, what to expect and kind of how to do that. Um, but, you know, if you're not able to physically protest, can definitely digitally protest. Um, So, you know, that means posting things on social media, um, having conversations with uh, people, friends online, family online, etc. But physically protesting and being out there with people and showing up in numbers really brings attention to the issues. And not only just to other Americans and even people in the world, but also to the government showing just how um, passionate and involved people are in this and that it will not go unnoticed. So showing up in numbers, I think definitely helps a lot. Um, So when it comes to protesting, of course, every city and area is different. Um, Depending on where you're located, Um, some places are a lot smaller, populated, but so it may not be that there are several hundreds or thousands of people that come out. However, everyone's voice is valid and it does make a difference. So even if it's showing up to a protest that just has 50 people, that's 50 more people that are attempting to be knowledgeable and educate themselves about the issues and spread the word so you know everyone's voice matters um, and it, you know even though having a huge crowd will pull attention um, the information that you want to spread is important um, as well so going to go and protest and doing it safely should go hand in hand so there's plenty of um tips and tricks online about how to prepare for one what to wear what to bring what not to bring Um, But, you know, the goal of a protest is to provide some type of minor inconvenience to demonstrate uh, discontent to the situation and how things are being handled. Um, So when you go out to protest, you definitely want to be somewhat of a nuisance essentially and kind of disrupt people's day whenever it comes to like, you know, um, walking on the roads etc um you know kind of causing a scene in a way but not violently i think what a lot of majority of protesters want is to bring attention to the cause is to show that they're not satisfied with how things are going but they want to do so in a peaceful way so you know lately it seems like protesters, rioters, looters are terms that people are kind of using interchangeably. And that is not the case. Protester are protesters, rioters or rioters, looters are looters. They're not all, you know, one of the same person. Um, some people go with the intention to riot and to loot. Um, but protesters go to protest and peacefully. Uh, last night, there was a protest in San Diego with reports of 2000 people. And there was only one um, arrest that was made. Uh, And, you know, the protesters themselves reiterated over and over again that they are peaceful and they want this to be peaceful. Um, So I think going to a protest, you need to have the right mindset and the Mm -hmm. right intentions. Um, So, again, majority of protesters and whenever protesting takes place, does have, um, you know, peaceful intentions. But even whenever there are peaceful um, protesting, the police could potentially um, still harm people. So that kind of ties into how to protest safely. So Mm -hmm. whenever you go protesting, it is advised that you probably go with someone that you know, a buddy or a group of some sort. um, So you can kind of keep tabs on each other and have someone else to look out for you aside from you constantly having to have your head in a swivel looking around. Um, So going with at least one person um, is probably something that you should do, especially if it's your first protest. Going in daytime protests as well seems to be um, safer and it's a bit easier to be aware of your surroundings um, whenever you do that compared to when nightfall comes around. Um, You also want to make sure that you're appropriately dressed. So if you have longer hair and you want to tie that up, wear solid color clothing, since this is in reference to specifically um, Black people being affected. Some people like to have a dress code of just wear it all Black. Um, Definitely want to wear comfortable clothes and shoes, especially if you're going to be there for, you know, a few hours. Um, And be sure to have masks because we are still... the midst of a global pandemic while all of this is taking place as well Mm -hmm. um so uh you know also just be aware the police can still use violent tactics without warning um uh, i recently went to a protest this week and we were gathered around city hall and the police um did disperse tear gas from the building which is about like 20 floors high so Again, this is a peaceful protest. No one incited anything. It can turn around very quickly. Um, So, you just want to be mindful whenever you are going and be careful. Be sure to have water for drinking and if tear gas is dispersed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, have snacks, have a first aid kit, have signs. um, And, you know, just be careful, be aware, and have good intentions when you are um, going to be at a protest. Now, if you cannot physically protest, then I had briefly mentioned earlier, you can also digitally protest. Um, I do encourage people to go to a protest. Um, It might be uncomfortable or awkward, but you need to kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone, especially if you are a non-Black person mm-hmm. and stand for um, what the protesters are, which is just wanting to have equality and police reform. So um, it may be uncomfortable and weird, and it, you know you may feel like you may not necessarily fit in there, but you should try to put yourself out of your comfort zone and go out there mm-hmm. um, and protest at least one time. Uh, honestly, the, the energy that you're surrounded by, especially if it's a um, well-organized one with good intentions, is uh, it's hard to describe. Um, I feel like it's just something that you kind of just have to experience for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, if you're not able to, whether it's because you have um, a disability, you live in a household where, um, you know, you have people that are ill or when it comes to COVID-19 they're susceptible um, to getting infections, so maybe you're not able to do that. Um, you can protest by spreading factual information, um, whether that's via social media accounts, whether that's actually speaking mm-hmm. to somebody. Um, you can work to educate yourself. And there are so many resources out there when it comes to educating yourself about racism, um, you know, police brutality and violence, uh, there's articles, there's books, there's videos, there's things that recently have started to become free so it's easier access to people who maybe don't have the resources. There's a documentary called 13th that speaks about 13th Amendment, how it affects um, Black people when it comes to uh, the prison system. And it's on Netflix, but now it was recently put on YouTube for free. So you can definitely, you know, watch videos, download free ebooks educate yourself um, about what has been going on because this isn't something that's new this isn't something that just started um, or you know has just been uh, triggered by George floyd's death uh, it, it's something that has been occurring um, but he's just a, his death is just the tipping point it seems to kind of cause uprise once more um, so you can definitely educate yourself in a multitude of ways and spread that information and reach out to others as needed for additional resources or questions. Um, when doing this, I do think that it's important that people question and kind of have uh, self-reflection, I guess, um, about any of their own biases or assumptions that they may have before this. Um, not only just to kind of check yourself and kind of see why do I have this, but also it might be helpful for whenever you're speaking to someone else, they may have um, similar thoughts that you initially had before educating yourself um, on the situation and scenario. Um, And you just have to be willing to help um, because you can educate yourself and everything like that and that's great, but what's the point of kind of having that education if you're not going to try and spread the word?
0: Exactly.
1: So, you know, it, it's great that you want to do that for you and whatnot, but then it's up to you to go ahead and spread it to someone else, whether it's a family member, a friend, or even a stranger. Um, so you definitely um, want to utilize that education that you receive and spread it. Um, yes. And there are a few one person that comes to the top of my head um, that I've been following on social media, um, Brittany Broski. Uh, she's usually does comedic related things and ever since it happened, she was very quick to speak up against it. And she has provided a lot of um, tips and information on how if you are specifically a white person from like a conservative Southern home, how to have conversations with your friends and family because it is tough conversations, um, how to deal with that, and also how to distance and separate yourself if it seems like you're not going through and it's not a healthy relationship for you to have. Um, So she's someone that, you know if you're having difficulties or if it's uncomfortable or you're not sure you can you know handle or deal with having those conversations um how you can do so um and how to be confident and strong in your stance um i recently viewed a a video it was originally posted on tiktok but it's of this young girl she's a teenager age it appears and she was very emotional and kind of distraught because her mother was essentially telling her that she's not going to make a difference by going to a protest or by speaking about this. No one's going to listen to her. It's not going to have any type of um, change. And it's very difficult, especially when it's a parent. And if you're close to that parent, to hear them say such things to not understand your point of view. But you just have to be strong and confident um, in your views and try to educate them as best as possible. and you know stick up for what you believe in because this is what these protesters are are doing being on the streets is sticking up for what they believe in and you know fighting for people to have um, equality uh, mm-hmm. so you know it, it, it's hard it's definitely not easy but something that's also hard is seeing black people being um, targeted or treated differently based on just the color of their skin so mm-hmm it's definitely something that the conversation needs to be had and allies are definitely needed Um, but you have to be willing to put yourself um, out of your take yourself out of your comfort zone Uh, so you know have those conversations now when it comes to potentially someone who is not black maybe wanting to reach out to someone who is black to get additional information, if, you know, reading articles or books or watching videos aren't enough, um, is you definitely want to, you can definitely question and and try to find out details or, you know, understand something um, in depth, but you definitely want to primarily be the listener, listen Mm -hmm. and absorb what somebody is saying. Um, You know, you can ask critical questions as needed, but, you know, don't be dismissive the dismissive of people's experiences. Um, I think that it's very important to, even though you may have, for example, good or positive experiences um, with the police, that does not mean that you should be dismissive dismissive of the negative experiences that somebody else may have, um, based on the color of their skin. It does not mean that their experience is not valid just because you may have directly kind of had a similar um, situation, but you know, just the positive the opposite of what um, they experienced. And this is not something as well. I wanted to mention that's a trend, or you know something for you to just care about for a few days and then once it dies down it's like okay well there goes that you know out of sight out of mind I think this is why another reason why protesters are trying to be actually visible um so yeah uh you know with the whole black square situation on social (laughs) media um people are posting the black square and it's like okay that that's cute and everything but you're not spreading awareness you're not spreading information um you're just simply posting this because everyone else is doing it like do you (laughs) really understand why people were even doing it to begin with it's definitely something that you have to be genuine about Mm -hmm. um don't do it to be like fake woke or whatnot or to be like oh all my friends are doing it and I'm the only person that's not included I, I need to go ahead and do this <laughs> yeah that's actually what um, made me angry <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's like you 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 have to be genuine um, it has to be something that's constant this is not temporary. Black people no. can't just be temporarily black and then just take it off and then get treated like everyone else does um, it, it's permanent so it, this is a constant work in progress mm-hmm. and Constantly needs to be spoken about until some type of change or reform is actually done, um, especially when it comes to police brutality. So, you know, uh, you definitely want to be um, aware of why you're doing this. You know, genuinely, why am I doing this? Why do I want to be involved? Um, When I went to a protest, I saw someone posing on the sidewalk taking a (gasps) photo. with protesters in the background, um, and someone yell and they're like, that's, that shit's not cute. Stop. <laughs> Cause it's <Not> like, cute. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why are you here? I mean, I understand there's plenty of people who are filming and taking pictures of it actually happening, but to stop and then in the moment feel like I should take a selfie or I should have someone take a photo of me. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, what, what is, what is really your purpose and what is really your intention for you coming out here?
0: Right. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, TC, I'm sorry to, to, to pop in, but, um, you know, for anyone that's listening to her powerful words on how to, how to help, um, do not do this for your own clout. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Yeah. You're doing this because you have to enact change. And so if you posted the black square for blackout Tuesday, that's great. But what are you doing now? Yes. Yes. That was just a one day thing, you know, like blackout Tuesday. Awesome. But
1: what are you doing past Tuesday? like, are you still involved? Are you still educating yourself? Are you still having conversations? Are you still trying to donate? What are you doing aside from just this quick little thing? um, And then going on about your day as if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't impact you anymore. Um, So yeah, I definitely think that it's, it's important to bring awareness and bring awareness for the right reasons. Um, So, you know, that's, that's kind of, Kind of, you know, a lot of what I wanted to try and say and just get across. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This is not
1: a trend. It's not temporary. It's something that is has been going on for generations. That I've seen signs from across the country of even some older people who are like, "Can't believe I still have to be marching for this shit." You know? Yeah. Oh, I, I
0: get you. Yeah,
1: like back in the sixties and the Mm seventies and the eighties. You know. Hopefully this time around, this will be the last time though, because this is to work towards making sure not only that our current generation can live, um, you know, a safe, equal life, but also for future generations as well. Um, so they indeed don't have to. I mean, yeah, I, I think that it's something that, it's not just a, a black person's fight, it's an everyone's fight Um, so, you know, allies definitely are appreciated, but, you know, in order to be an effective ally, I think education is key, um, and actually taking in factual information and spreading factual information is very much important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for your words, but I do have a few questions for you if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first thing, you and I have kind of talked about this. Um, I'm very fired up now. I've, I've, I've in, in the past, for other stuff that's happened in the last few years, mm-hmm. I may have said the wrong thing. I may, have, I may have been silent when I shouldn't have been, and I'm not going to be silent anymore. As a person who stands up for equality for all, I'm very much a strong LGBTQIA plus ally. I also have to be an ally for all people, whether they're Black or whatever. But right now we're talking about Black Black, the Black movement, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. because if you if Black lives don't matter, then all lives can't matter. Yes. And I just want that to sink in for my listeners. Um, that's a very powerful statement. That's why the name of this episode is what it is. But my question for you, Aticia, is: Do you feel, based on pandemic and people having to face this, um, see it with their own eyes? They don't have a job to go to. They don't have mm-hmm. school to go to. They don't have to. They have to sit and face it. Do you feel like this is different
1: yeah for sure um you know those things are 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 distractions work and school and, mm-hmm. and all of that it, it it distracts people from a lot of stuff that's going on and also it takes a lot of energy from people you know mm-hmm. you work a nine-to-five job you come home you have to take care of your kids you potentially have to do night school um and then by the time you know it it's eleven 30 you're exhausted you have to go to bed wake up in the morning and do it again yeah. it's hard to focus on what all is exactly going on in the world um, when you have a bunch of other stuff preoccupied in your own personal life. So I think with this pandemic taking place and and unemployment being at the rate that it is, um, it definitely leaves a lot of people with extra time on their hands. um, Mm -hmm. And that's time for them to be able to protest, time for them to be able to spread information, time for them to be able to kind of acknowledge what is going on um, and find out how they can help. So I think that the pandemic, the unemployment rates, you know, is actually working in favor for um, all that's going on yeah. um, because it's it has allowed people to have time, maybe not in the most ideal way, but it has allowed people to have time to um, recognize what is going on um, mm-hmm. and acknowledge it and find out how they can actually help. Absolutely. So, um, I definitely think that it has affected it and allowed it to kind of be different from this because, you know, usually. If a a police, um, you know, shooting has occurred, people come out on the on the weekends and do a protest, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, one time, two times. But with this, no one, a lot of people aren't going Mm -hmm. to work. There's literally been protests every day since last week, Saturday in San Diego, um, you know, through last night in in different cities. And even cities that aren't exactly, you know, large. Like there's protests in Poway and Santee and, you know, La Mesa and whatnot. It's not just major cities. It's, you know, smaller towns and cities as well. Um, And I do think it's because people have that additional time on their hands um, where they can feel like, okay, well, I can get involved because I don't have work to go to. I don't really have school to focus on. Um, So, yeah, I I think that it's working within the favor.
0: Um, And then... Because, the, yeah, and then because this is going to be sharing, I'm going to be sharing um, some powerful stories from my, my friends um, at the tail end of this, um, starting with the one that I sent you, which is very beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and I, um, you have also talked about, um, I'm just going to touch on it, uh, and I'm totally off topic from where I was going, but it, it, I'm touching on it, mm-hmm. um, the idea of, bi- of being, using your biracial voice and, and whiteness.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, there, within the Black community, um, there are issues of colorism, where essentially there's preferences that are given to people that are light or conflicted. So, you know, a lot of the people that have been affected um, by pol- police brutality and injustices are people of darker complexions that have features that are, you know, obviously Black, if you may. Um, so, you know, in, in this stage, I definitely think it's important that people that are of mixed ethnic ethnicity um, that include Black and lighter, complected Black people um, should definitely utilize their voices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an artist by the name of... Um, his lead that has been going to protests in LA and everything like that, and speaking on the fact that she is white-passing, um, and she does have a benefit and is privileged in that way. Um, She doesn't get the same treatment, negative treatment, that um, someone who is obviously Black um, would receive. So I definitely think that lighter-complicted Black people, um, biracial or mixed ethnicity people that include Black, should use their voices and the privilege that they do have by kind of being better accepted in some ways um, in speaking out against the treatment. Absolutely, darker complected people and this isn't even something too when it comes to colorism um, that is just specifically to the black community it's something that affects you know on um, the asian community um mm-hmm. uh, the latina latinx community it's it's you know across different groups um but you know with this situation uh you know specifically to black people definitely people who are white passing or mixed and you know have a privilege in the way they look their appearance um should speak out mm-hmm. when it comes to um you know being on the side um of their darker complexed uh people
0: yes and so going back to kind of where i was going because we're sharing stories um of how it feels to be black in america right now um i'd like to hear a few words from you if you wouldn't mind Of how you're feeling um it's
1: kind of strange um i mean no one for me uh, i may have gotten you know looks or maybe someone has said something to where i couldn't hear it i personally have uh thankfully been you know attacked or called the n-word or anything very obvious there may have been many microaggressions that i've experienced but when it comes to somebody, you know, flat out saying or doing something to me, thankfully, I've never had an experience in that way. Um, I I don't know if it's necessarily, um, if all the civil arrests and whatnot has changed how I'm viewed. Um, You know, sometimes I think walking in the protest uh, and and seeing all this, it's kind of nice in a way. Uh, I don't even know if nice is what I want to use, but it's kind of like you feel appreciated, I suppose. Like, you're valuable and you're worthy because look at all these people out here in these streets that are marching for somebody that, you know, uh, looks like you or Mm -hmm. is similar to you in a way. Um, It's kind of surreal in a way uh, as well, because, you you know, you would think, oh, it's, it's 2020. We're still talking about racism and um, police brutality and um, violence against the people. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it, it it seems weird now trying to actually put it in words and explain, but um, it, it's a little bit surreal kind of being alive at a time like this yeah. and having all this take place and, and trying to be as involved as I am. It's mm-hmm. a little bit uh, <laughs> strange, but yeah, you know um, all you can do is just try yeah. to continually um, push forward and work towards having um, an influencing uh, positive change whenever you yeah. can. So.
0: Yeah. And then I guess, um, so I have six points about being an ally um, that I sent to you. Before I hop into those so that you can kind of give dialogue on, on what I mean when I say them, mm-hmm. or how you can kind of help relate or make it relate so people can understand it. I also want to ask the question, I mean, because people are asking you for help, how can I help? How can I enact? What am I doing? Do you feel a fatigue that many of my friends are experiencing that are of the black community that feel just literally exhausted?
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, if anything, I feel like it's mainly just kind of being repetitive for Mm -hmm. me, at least like, you know, what can I do? How can I help? Um, I definitely, I I don't think that there's any harm. A lot of people have good intentions by asking this, but there are a lot a lot of resources online especially if you're involved in social media it all depends on the people that you follow though so you know try to find people that are that actually care about this and and post um information about it because depending on who you're following there are some people you wouldn't even know that anything is happening because they're still kind of going along their normal normally mm-hmm. you know posting their selfies by the beach and everything like that um but you know there's a lot of resources online yeah. Um, like I said earlier you can there's uh, free ebooks there's free videos there's articles you know pretty much before everything was all about COVID-19 in the news now yeah. it's about the protests that's going on there's so many things that you can read it's just up to you to actually put in the effort and try to look for it yeah. um, to be able to educate yourself and like I said I think that you know if you feel like okay I need I need more this is just mm-hmm. the basic information I, I want to really know how um then you can reach out to um you know black people that are in your life that you can find out how they feel like you you can assist um but there's just a lot of resources that are out there nowadays a lot of compilation lists of things you can do how to have conversations where to donate etc that if you look it is there
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's all compiled. And again, I cannot thank you enough for even just like taking the time to even talk to me. I've so much appreciated it. You've really helped activate something that I didn't realize was so, and I'm not going to say angry, that's not the right word, but I, I'm very fired up more so than I've ever been because I'm like, I think this is the, finally the time that it can change. Yes. And and I can't physically protest. So I think you've given some great advice on how to. I can't physically protest because my husband's in the military. And the military is under strict COVID restriction. Um, mm-hmm. But there are ways that I have been giving back. I've been I've been exclusively purchasing from Black-owned businesses. I'm going to make sure that this podcast um, donations go towards a couple of different organizations. There's things you can do. My birthday's coming up. I'm going to only ask for donations that's going to help this movement. Yeah. So these are the things that you can do just to... Piggyback off of what you've said for my listeners, Um, but if you are an ally, I think there's six points that you might want to like consider. The first one is this is just in general for everyone. Pay close attention to who is talking. Pay close attention to who is not, and whether it be brands, whether it be people, because silence is deafening. If you don't have something to say about this right now, that is says everything I need to know about you. Two, saying the wrong thing is okay. Don't be afraid. So, just like silence is deafening, don't be afraid to say the wrong thing. It's okay. So long as you learn from your mistake, it's Mm -hmm. still better than silence. Three, if your black friend educated you and you didn't continue to educate yourself and others or thank them for their time profusely, you're missing the point. That was wasted time on you. Mm -hmm. Four, check in with your black community and ask how you can be an assistance and check how they feel and listen empathetically and do not try to relate your experience to their experience just listen Mm -hmm. ask them how can i help how are you feeling i'm checking in on you hey are you doing okay they need you they want to talk to you they're they're fatigued they're overwhelmed you know this is huge this is this is big and the best thing to do is to just be a shoulder for them to feel comfortable that they can come and talk to you, um, you know, so check in on your friends, check in on them, please. I check in with Etesia every day. Oh, yes. And I it's <laughs> it. I mean, the, you know, sometimes yeah.
1: it can get very overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that kind of leads into, not to kind of hijack this, but yeah. it kind of leads into, um understanding that uh because it can be overwhelming you are allowed and it is you know suggested that you probably take breaks from like social media exactly um you know taking in all this information um because it can get overwhelming it can be frustrating it can be have you feeling like i'm just one person Mm -hmm. am i even doing enough um maybe i need to be doing more how can i do more um but it's a very uh it can be a very emotionally and mentally drained yes. thing. Um, and so, you know, it is fine, especially for black people in this time to take breaks. You do not need yes. to be constantly posted on social media and constantly talking to people. You can express to them, Hey, I'm tired. <laughs> I yes. do not want to talk about this today. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll one another day, But right now I am exhausted and I need to take a break from um, consuming all of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you can definitely, uh, Self care and mental health is still very much important during these times.
0: Yes, yes. And to go back to four, I mean, it's important just in general to check in with all of your friends, but especially oh, sure. right now. No, I just want to make sure that my listeners don't think I'm like, just only check on your buttons. <laughs> no, yeah. check on everyone. Um, yeah. See how they're feeling during this time. Because as Atisi mentioned, it's very overwhelming. Um, we've all, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with this feeling of just, Un feeling of unwell and unease and um and every day i'm like how can i change or help change or do good so um check on your friends um and then before for number five and a touched on this, this as well that it's okay to ask questions but Ask an ally, look look who's, who's loud in your community, who's loud, who's advocating, who won't shut up on their Instagram stories. And you shouldn't shut up, you should be sharing everything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, who is loud, who is speaking on behalf, who is speaking up, who is helping. And um, so ask an ally before you fatigue any of your black friends in your community and be sensitive to the struggle right now. As Aticia mentioned, the self-care thing is really important. Um, so kind of four and five go hand in hand um, mm-hmm. and then six, this is an addressing to my friends who posted the black square and then did not do anything again. Six is to follow up your voice, mm-hmm. which was posting that black square as the example, um, with change in some way. So yeah, so yes, you posted that, but are you also still sharing stuff in the okay. movement? Are you um, commenting? Are you diffusing racism on comments you see? Are you
2: mm-hmm. point,
0: you know, are you are you trying to change the narrative? And it doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be physically yeah. protest. It can be any of the ways that Aticia mentioned. But you can't just say that you care. Oh, I'm so heartbroken. I'm so angry. I'm so overwhelmed by what's happening right now. You, those are empty words. Yes. That those are empty and veiled, and they don't they don't help. So you can feel that way, but you better be purchasing from black owned businesses, sharing black owned businesses. Um, donating to any of the causes that help the movement, reaching out to your friends, how can I help? Um, doing, you know, calling your congressman, I don't care, voting, just do something. Yeah, it's definitely a part uh, where you know,
1: actions speak louder than words is <laughs> very much yes. important. Um, you, know, you can talk the talk, but are you walking the walk? You need to do something, you need to have some type of action. Yep. And you know, whether that is signing a petition, as simple as that, um, reposting things. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it might seem small, but, you know, do it enough times and it will reach people. Even if you've reached one other person that one other person can then go and spread it to someone else. So yep. it's worth, you know, it's worth doing. I, I don't have, you know, I barely have over like 60 followers on Instagram. It's not like I'm, you know, I have a huge following or anything like that, but, you know, I like to repost things that I think are valuable. Um, uh, To other people and even if it's like 10 people viewed it hey one of those 10 people might screenshot it and then send it over to somebody else you know so it's worth every you know even if it's just one person that you've impacted or spread the information to it's worth the time to go ahead and try so Mm -hmm. that you can impact just that one person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm hoping that everything that TCS so graciously shared, thank you so much for your time. Of course, like I'm, I'm sending you vegan cookies, by the way, hoping. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So send me your address and a text message right after this. Um, But uh, I hope that all of this resonates, empowers you and, and gives you a tool to now unlock your educational potential, and also helps you find the right words if you've been sitting silent. And it's okay to make mistakes, but it's not okay to be quiet. Yes. So if you're going to say any, say something, it's okay if it's wrong. Just take that with a grain of salt and be better. Um, uh, and one other thing I will also say is be careful using the Black Lives Matter hashtag. Yes, Um, that is for information for those that are out protesting, for those that are being have violence and discrimination against them. Um, Please be careful. Don't tag it if you don't need to. Um, It just can help your message. While it might be very well intentioned, could take away from what's actually going on. Um, So just be careful. As my my last tidbit, I would say, be careful with how you're posting. All right. So um, I think this kind of covers everything that we've sought to, sought to do. I'm very proud of you for being brave enough to speak on my podcast. I think that what you've said is going to help so many people. Um, hopefully it gives you a little bit of breathing room. You can just send them this link <laughs> yeah. now and be like, hey, no, listen. <laughs> um, but I really appreciate you taking the time. And I know you are going to be protesting this weekend. So um, please check in with me So I know that you're safe. I'm going to keep my eyes on your Instagram story um, and just know that I'm there with you, even though I physically cannot be.
1: Yeah, it's much appreciated. You know, like I've already mentioned before, uh, allies are definitely um, needed during these times. And, you know, however people are able to assist um, is appreciated as long as it's, you know, with positive intent. So yeah, yeah. thank you for having me on. Of
0: course. Thank you so much, Aticia. I appreciate it. And uh, we will chat soon. Okay, sounds good. All right, bye. Bye. As we wrap up this podcast, I want to make sure that I'm sharing stories from my friends about how they're feeling right now, being Black in America. So I have three stories to share with you. Two I've recorded based on what they've written, and one was sent in to me from my friend. My first story is very powerful. It comes from my friend, Jen. Um, I get quite emotional recording and reading it. And I hope that you will think. I've been experiencing so many feelings over the last week as yet another black man was senselessly murdered. So much so that it was almost impossible to put into words the feeling of loss, inequality, and helplessness that the death of George Floyd, Floyd excuse me, has stirred in me. To think that passing a counterfeit bill could end with a loss of life is absolutely senseless. It is also scary. I unknowingly tried to pass a counterfeit $100 bill to a cashier in Las Vegas last September, a, a bill that we'd received from Chase Bank in downtown Portland. That the same bank... Cr- Credited back to my account with a photo and a copy of the incident report that I demanded, no questions asked. My point is, these things happen. Oftentimes, they happen without malice or wrongful intent. But when your skin is brown, like George Floyd's, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. You get handcuffs, and you lose your life. As a black woman who does not look black to the white, pe- to white people, yes, people, black people. No, I'm black. I've lived a life of privilege. Most of my problems are first world problems. That, however, doesn't change the fact that I've witnessed and experienced racism at it's finest my entire life. My father, a black man, was born in Mississippi in 1930. The stories he told us of the things he endured during his lifetime are enough to make a grown man cry. He fought for his country in the Korean War, but was forced to give up a seat to a white woman on a bus ride from California to Mississippi upon returning from the war. He refused to fly the American flag in our front, in our yard until the day he died. He said, "Until it actually stood for liberty and justice for all, it would be flown at our it would not be flown at our house." Sadly, we're still not there yet. It takes more than one hand to count the number of times we stop, we were stopped by law enforcement or concerned citizens who just assumed that there was no way that a child who looked like me could have any business with a man who looked like him. I can still hear the voices of the people asking me, honey, are you okay? Or who is this man? When we moved to Monroe from River, uh, from Ridge, excuse me, River Rouge, people always assumed that the black man taking great care of the yard had to be the help. When our kitchen caught fire and the contractor tried to cut corners while putting our house back together, dad checked him on his work. The contractors reply, you're the painter, so sh- <clears throat> so shut your black ass up and paint, not realizing he was the homeowner. My first day of high school in Monroe, a racist classmate who caused me a great deal of pain over the next three years had the audacity to ask me if the black man picking me up from school was my father or my chauffeur. I'm sorry. Another acquaintance, not knowing that I was black, made a joke when pulling up to my house. We lived in a nice house in a golf course community and said, what, what, do you have a black butler waiting at the door for you too? The number of times in my life I've witnessed racist diatribes by people who had no idea I was black is innumerable. Even more sad are the things I've heard from people who were like my family to me for most of my adult life. Their overt racism crushed my soul in a way that I may never recover from. It is 2020, yet it doesn't feel like we are any further ahead than we were in the 1930s from my dad's stories. I may not personally have to worry about wearing a hoodie, being stopped because of the color of my skin, or wandering into the wrong neighborhood, but my brothers do, my cousins do, and my father did. My next story comes from my friend, Brittany. I am not okay. I am a biracial woman in law enforcement who is very much in touch with her roots. I've been struggling to find the right words to even say. I grew up in the mainly white town of Folsom, California. Raised by my white mom, I never saw color or being different than others. I moved to Tennessee for high school and experienced something completely different. I learned that because I had any black in me, I was not white. I had white friends who couldn't have me at their house because their parents didn't approve of black people. I had friends whose families owned plantations and had children of their former slaves still working on their land. I had been refused service at restaurants. I have been to bars that had white and black fl- floors. I've been given a pass while being pulled over because I had, pas- had white passengers. I've been pulled out on the freeway and threatened to be taken to juvenile hall for kidnapping two people, one white, one mixed, to only be let off in the, if the white parent would confirm, I didn't kidnap their children. Not once asking the other parent for the other parent to confirm. I have watched the difference in my customer service if I am with white or black friends. I have watched white friends and black friends get arrested for the same thing and see completely different outcomes. I have sat at a dinner table with a black attorney and witnessed the waitress look at him shocked when she found out he was an attorney. I have had a black attorney friend from college be detained and mistreated because he marched a dis- because he matched a description of a suspect. Excuse me. The suspect wasn't wearing anything anything the same, not the same area, and almost 100 pounds lighter than the suspect. I have often been told I probably identify as white because I don't act black or don't sound black. I've been told my vocabulary is very high for being black, as if being black means ignorant or being a race means acting a certain way. I've spent years just being hopeful and praying people will learn we are the same inside. At 25, I made the decision to become a corrections officer, a job I take a lot of pride in, a job I made every effort to help change a life every day. I'm thankful to work with very stand-up people and always strive to do the right thing, and a department who is so heavy on training to ensure we do things right. Times like these, both of my worlds collide. My work identity and my personal identity. I've been very silent publicly on how I feel in relation to what has gone on in society for years in relation to racism. I choose to keep day by day and just be hopeful. But deep down, I'm struggling. Black lives do matter. Does this mean everyone doesn't matter? Absolutely not. This means in this time, we need to be supportive of the struggle today. Does Black Lives Matter mean the only that only Black Lives Matter? No. Is the violent protesting acceptable? No. There is a right way to do this and this is not it. Does racism need to change? Yes. But people also need to see that not all cops are bad. Most of us are amazing. Most of us spend every day doing the right thing and trying to help everyone we come in contact with. I wish people would open their eyes and stop attacking my fellow family in blue. I'll continue to spend my days striving to help people on both sides of the spectrum of racism and on the law enforcement side, helping people understand the good. I challenge you to have the open dialogue with someone and ask how they're doing because they, excuse me, there are many people like me that are struggling, feeling caught in the middle. I hurt for both sides. I would like to introduce my friend Marilyn and her story. I hope that it inspires you or makes you think or changes you.
2: Hello, Bianca, this is Marilyn. I am a resident of San Diego, California, originally from Ohio and a proud Navy veteran as well. So thank you for having me on your podcast to pretty much tell my story. And I also appreciate the solidarity that you have shown throughout this crazy time. I am genuinely appreciative. So, all right, let's begin. I am an a child of two Nigerian immigrants. Uh, my parents came to the U.S., back in the early 80s, and they gave birth to me and my sisters uh, in Ohio. So growing up in, mm, I would say, like, white, middle-class suburbia, um, I was, you know, going back and forth to preschool. I would hear English in preschool, and then I would hear Igbo, which is the native tongue that my parents have came from, and, you know, I would just hear that back and forth, you know, Igbo at home and also English in preschool. So I, you know, as a preschooler, that was, you know, confusing to the mind, you know, my brain was still developing, of course. So with some irregularities with the speech pattern, my parents noticed that and they so it took me to a speech pathologist to seek help, just like any normal parent would for their child. Um, this speech pathologist, who I'm going to accuse of being racist, uh, suggested to my parents that they only speak English to me. And this individual had no regard of the culture from which my parents came and the culture that I'm going to be growing up in, as well. So, in no way, shape, or form do I blame my parents for not knowing the native tongue. I blame the pathologists because, again, my parents are freshly new to America at the time, and they didn't know what to do, they didn't know where to turn. So, they really didn't see what was wrong at the time. So, um, As far as, like, being black and growing up in America, uh, that part of my identity was lost. But I still am a proud Nigerian-American. I still am very, you know, proud of my culture. I rep it the best way I can. And the only thing is that I wish I knew the language to connect, you know, just to further connect. But, um... So that's one part of the struggle. Another part was, um... Seeing my folks um, shunned by the African-American community when they first came to the U.S., because they knew they were going to be shunned by the whites, but to their surprise and disappointment, they were also shunned by the African-American community. Um, They wanted to embrace them, but they were like no 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 we don't see you as a as kin folk or anything like that so i guess that's what made my parents feel very much alone um and all of that so there was this, there's this whole american black versus african black and it was just i hated that growing up it annoyed me growing up as well and it still does um And where do I begin? Uh, Growing up, I pretty much was, I felt ostracized by both the black and the white classmates that I went to school with. I think they might've seen me as weird or something, but I mean, I really wasn't allowed to do anything because I grew up with, you know, in a strict household. So I really wasn't allowed to be exposed to much. And, After growing up further and further, you know, I went to college and explored myself, explored who I really was. And, you know, I started to embrace myself a little more. Um, That's where it started. You know, I'm just embracing myself a little more instead of trying to be like, oh, let me fit in with the whites. Let me fit in as an, you know, let me fit in with the whites, even though I am quote unquote an Oreo, or let me try to fit in with the blacks or anything like that. I'm just like, you know what? screw fitting in, I'm going to embrace myself and whoever accepts me for me is who I will allow in my life. So having said that, um, as we are facing this time again, because it seems like history is repeating itself, I am seeing more solidarity with the African blacks and the American blacks, which I am very pleased to see because we're we're all one at the end of the day, and um we're all gonna face discrimination by the law enforcement you know law enforcement doesn't care if my parents are from Africa or my parents are from you know anywhere in the world. what they see is black skin, and that's how that's what they feel threatened by um It's just, uh, it's really heartbreaking to see that people who look like me are facing all this police brutality, but what what hurts a lot more is others who are not Black not seeing the bigger picture of why we say that Black lives matter. Um... When they count When they counter it or use the all lives matter rebuttal, I feel like it's a slap in the face because we're not saying that other lives don't matter we We value other lives, but if our lives aren't being valued, then your that statement doesn't really hold true not like not all lives are going to matter unless ours matter so um I've just come to a point where i as a black woman in particular, I I have, I'm pretty fed up. I mean, I have faced racism from, you know, non-blacks and and then on top of that, from people who look like me, I face something called colorism. I am a black female of a darker skin tone and I have, you know, been made fun of because of that by... The black community. I did not grow up with that in my home because we were all pretty much dark-skinned, you know. But so I didn't grow up with that in my home, and colorism was not taught to me growing up in the house, colorism was taught to me by society. Um by how the men treated the women and everything like that. So having experienced that, I'm just like, well as a darker-skinned Black woman, like, who really has my back? Because even those who look like me don't really have my back all like that either, I felt. And I still do feel that way. I mean, that's as a collective. I don't say that as every single, you know, Black person feels that way. You know, there's a good chunk of us who do feel that way. And we are quick to say, oh, it's because... Of the white slave masters and Jim Crow laws, yes, it is because of that, but how are but we're still perpetuating it though that's my that's my thought. We are still perpetuating that, and it doesn't help anything, so not only do we have racism to be concerned about, we have colorism to be concerned about as well, and colorism is rampant. Among the black community, the Asian community, and the Latinx community. So, uh, that's no, the, so we're pretty, I feel like as a black woman, I'm fighting two battles. Um, and for those who don't understand me or not trying to, I feel like it's a waste of time having them in my life. So, it's just best that I block them out completely. Um, but that's pretty much where I stand on everything. Um, I would, I mean, change needs to happen. It needs to happen. And I, as a black woman, I feel like if I go out there and protest, I am putting, I will be more in danger than my non-black counterparts simply because my skin color is a threat, and it's sad, it's very sad. So I think the safer route for me would be just to stay indoors and post what I feel online and remain grateful to the non-black allies who have shown such immense support. Um, the biggest allies for me are the LGBT community. Um, They have really went out of their way to make sure, like, hey, Marilyn, are you okay? Are you good? Are you safe? And I didn't really expect that from them or anybody for that matter, but the fact that they went out of their way to make sure I was okay, it really gives me hope. And then when I see all these other heartwarming clips and videos online of people who actually understand, it makes my heart warm too. It makes me say thank you for understanding and trying to preach it to those who are racist within your own community. So um, that is my story. That is how I have became the woman I am now, with my thoughts. And that's pretty much the end. Thank you. Take care. And may we all please stay safe out there. Thank you.
0: I want to thank Atesia for taking the time to record with me. I want to thank Jen for letting me share her story. I'd like to thank Marilyn for recording her story and being brave. And I'd like to thank Brittany for letting me share her story as well. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Please Don't Kick Me Out. I hope that this has inspired you to Activate, become an ally, help. Maybe it's changed your perspective. Please share it with anyone that you think would benefit from it. I'm going to be putting a petition for Brianna Taylor in my episode description, and I will also be putting ways to donate. Please help start change. Thank you.